Thank the Lord Jesus. God is so good. I am so happy to see all of you here. What a great decision to start your year out in the presence of the Lord. And uh, I don't know if you're like my family, but it seems to take just one night to get my kids off schedule. We stay up to celebrate the new year, and it's hard to get them in bed early, and everyone's like, oh, we're trying to get out of the holiday season. But this is a good decision. You came here, and I tell you, you may have come with all kinds of burdens. You may have come with all kinds of things weighing you down, but you can leave this place with the power of God in your life, the joy of the Lord in your life. What a great, great decision. I am so thankful uh, for all those who are here. Brother Matt Maddox, a good friend of mine for many years, is here. I love Matt. Happy he's here. And uh, uh, this, this past week, of course, our New Year's Eve service, what an amazing service we had. It was a powerful move of God and just a great restart, refresh with communion and foot washing. And, uh, yeah, we still do some of those old-timey things around here. Uh, and so we had, a, we had a great time here, and uh, now I'm ready to just move in for this week. Uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we are going to be here having church. And so I invite you to be here and to get plugged in. Uh, it's starting a new year like, like the uh, launching of a, uh, something in the outer space. It takes a whole lot of push to get you started. And so you've got to give that extra push. You want to have a new year, you've got to give that extra push at the beginning so you can... Uh, Put the right habits, the right things in place, and coming to church is a great thing to put in place. Amen. Amen. We are going to uh, be moving into the Word of God, and I uh, am so thankful, really thankful, to have Brother Kleindens here. Uh, I, I always admire him, not only because he is a, an amazing preacher, he truly is, he has a great, does a, an amazing job of putting words together. But he has this thing inside of him that will not let just a sermon go by without pushing and making sure someone leaves this place touched by the power of God. He is an amazing leader and voice in our movement. I'm so thankful to have him here. Will you clap your hands to the Lord as Brother Kleindens comes? Thank you, Pastor, and praise the Lord, everybody. Let everybody who knows the Lord is good say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a joy it is to be here today on this first Sunday of 2015. And I believe we're off to a good start. It's a good full house. Amen. And also full with people that are here to praise the Lord, worship the Lord, and learn of Him. Amen. You didn't come just to be here. You came to participate and get involved. And you feel a great spirit of liberty throughout this sanctuary. And as I was standing over here during the early part of the service, I've been here I don't know how many times through the years and for how many years. It goes back probably about 15 years and uh, many times often throughout the year and all the many services we've had together. Uh, I, just, I just want to take a moment and just, just compliment this church. You are truly a great church. You are a worshiping church. You're a passionate church. You're a prayerful church. And there's, I've always sensed unity. I mean, I understand as churches go, you know, we're like a family. And, you know, sometimes we just got to say stuff to each other about stuff. And, uh, but we've kept it together. 
Amen. We seem to get over it and get through it and go on. And so God bless you. And I just encourage you to continue uh, on this path of greatness. And this can be the most strategic year and the most important year and the most blessed year and the most fruitful year that this church has ever known in all of its history. And may the Lord make it so. Amen. May the Lord make it so. So we give honor to all of you, and me and my family are very excited about being here. Of course, uh, tonight we continue with the renewal revival, and then Wednesday night you'll be hearing from me. Thursday night and Friday night, each night you'll be hearing from one of my two sons. Zachary will be preaching one night, and Jeremiah will be preaching one night. God bless them. Amen. And uh, I always stress more over their sermons than I do mine. Amen. And we're working together. One, one time along here, we're going to have to hear from Mama. She's going to have to get up here and prophesy or speak a word or something. Amen. Amen. Brother Matt Maddox, God bless you, sir. Good to see my brother and his son. I saw I was with him there just a minute ago. Maybe still is. Amen. And uh, I believe great things are in store for that young man, that young Maddox. Amen. God's hand mightily upon him. And a spirit of excellence that's being instilled in his spirit. And uh, it's just exciting to see what God's going to do with these young men and young women that the Lord is raising up. Can you say praise the Lord? Let's clap our hands one more time for the goodness of the Lord. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Praise the mighty name of the Lord. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to bring a heavy message here this morning. I have a very simple message on my heart, but it's what I believe will help us start out the beginning of this new year when I think of the goodness of Jesus. I've just woke up today thinking of the goodness of Jesus. Amen. How wonderful he is, how good he's been through all the years. And all the way back in the book of Chronicles, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. He's a good God. Amen. He's been good to all of us. Then in Psalms 100, verse Five, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. Psalms 106 verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 107 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. Yes. Psalms 118 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 118:29. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endureth forever. 
Psalms 136.1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. It seemed like we ought to do what the scripture's saying right now. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. He is good on this first Sunday of 2015. The Lord is good. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Do you have a hallelujah in your heart? Do you have a hallelujah in your spirit? Is there a hallelujah trying to find a way out of your soul today? Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, I will bless his holy name. Oh, bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> bless the Lord at all times. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, His name is to be praised. From this first Sunday in 2015 to the very last Sunday of 2015, let us say the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Woo. Everybody shout praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> in today's world there is so much forgery trickery high pressure sales pitches and too often we have found out that the promises are too good to be true <laughs> somebody said one time if it sounds too good to be true it probably is we find out there is a lot of sleight of hand in twitter land and facebook land I found out that everything that Twitters isn't true. People can take a bus ride across town, make it sound like an international crusade. Sometimes it's not what happens, but how you talk about what happens. That makes it all sound amazing. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I found out that it's always true. And it's always better than I thought it was going to be. He always exceeds expectations. The miracle's always better than I thought it was. And just when you think it can't get any better, I said, just when you think it can't get any better, Brother Roland, just when you think it can't get any better, it does. It does. It just seems like it gets better all the time. Psalms chapter 40 verse 5. I know I've got you all off balance by not reading a text and going through the tradition. But here's a good starting point for you. Psalms 40.5. Uh, 40. <laughs> Too many software programs going on in this world. Hallelujah. Psalms 40 verse 5. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. And the thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. David was in the process of doing what I'm trying to do this morning. He was thinking about how great is our God. He was thinking about how good is the Lord. He said, many are your wonderful works, the thoughts which you have to us. 
He's trying to consider the wonderful works of God. And he comes to a conclusion that when you begin to think about his goodness, when you begin to think about his wonderful works, when you begin to think about his greatness, it is just more than can be numbered. It is more than can be measured. It is more than can be understood. You will not be able to wrap your mind or brain or heart or emotions around the greatness and the goodness of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. We used to sing in the old church, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. But David saying, I started counting up my blessings and found out I just couldn't count that high. I started counting up my blessings and realized that it was more than I could number. Amen. There are miracles of the Lord. They are everywhere. His goodness is in every place. And I've come to tell this great church today, and I truly believe this is a great church. I've seen God pour out His Spirit here. I've seen God do miracles here. We have seen the glory of the Lord come in like lightning and thunder. We have felt the glory of His presence come down. We have felt the brush of angels' wings. We have seen the mighty hand of God at work. Just the other night after service, our precious sister left here, got in a very uh, severe car wreck. But she's here today praising God protected by the help of the Lord so many miracles could go by even unannounced and go by untalked about and go by unnoticed but I'm here to tell you however great you may think God is however big of a revelation of him you have however wonderful you already know him to be and nobody knows him like you know him in your life you could stand and testify he was there when I was sick he was there when I was discouraged he was there when I was going through the darkness he was my song in the night he was my joy in the midnight hour he was my strength when I was weak he was my ever present help in the time of trouble we could testify all morning across here about how the Lord was there for you to help you through the valley he was that friend that sticks closer than a brother but I've just come to tell you however great you may think he is however wonderful your revelation of he is he's better than you think he is He's better than you know He is. He's better than any person in this building has the ability to even realize. He's greater than our greatest revelation of Him. He is greater than our greatest understanding of Him. He's bigger than your very best miracle. He's greater than your very best blessing. He's bigger than His very best moment that you've ever had with Him. I just want God somehow to help me get started off this year realizing that God is far bigger than I've ever realized He could possibly be. I am approaching, I am approaching right now 30 years in preaching ministry. I am just shy of 30 years preaching and ministering the gospel. I've preached thousands of sermons, hundreds of places around the world. I have seen the mighty hand of God. But as I come to this new year in my life, in this new season, I have decided I really haven't seen anything yet. I haven't even scratched the surface of how great is our God. I don't want to feel like I've got him all figured out. I know all what he does. I know all how he works. God's bigger than any person in this room has the ability to even comprehend he is. When I used to pastor back in Lynchburg, Virginia, I had a big old tall uh, young man in the church was a carpenter. 
And he'd come down to our house and maybe help me build on something. We had uh, had a house with a big unfinished basement. We were slowly finishing it off room by room. And he'd be building and working on stuff and maybe get to a little corner or something where it was trying to figure out how to work this in or what to do. And he'd be studying it and I'd be trying to figure it out. And you know how us preachers are, you know, we think we got advice on everything. And I'd be like, now what if you, um, how about if you... Uh, he was always kind. He said, do I try to tell you how to preach? I was like, you better not. That was his polite way of saying, I got this. And uh, he'd work on it a while, and he'd cut a few things and work some stuff in and knock a few deals in, and I'd be wondering how it's going, you know. It's going to be my place here. And I'd say, well, what, what, what do you think? How, how, and he'd look at me and say, it's better than I wanted it. I always thought he was trying to keep me encouraged, you know. <laughs> Tell me everything's going to be all right. Like, we, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's better than I wanted it. What a phrase. Yeah. Here I am, 30 years in the ministry, about to turn 50 years old. Been living for the Lord all these years. About the best thing I can tell you about where I am right now. It's just been better than I wanted it. The Lord's been better than me than I expected him to be. He's been better to me than I asked him to be. Ah, see, we forget. When I came to the Lord, after being backslid out of the world, when I bowed my knee at the altar, all I was asking for was deliverance. All I was asking for is, God, get me out of here. All I was saying is, there's got to be something better than this. I was just asking the Lord to deliver me from myself and deliver me from my life and get me out of this cesspool. God, if you can do anything at all, can you just help me out of here? That's all I was asking for. But he did far more than I was asking for. Amen. It's been better than I wanted it. I said it's been better than I wanted it. The Lord's come through for me in ways I didn't even ask him for. He's blessed me with things I didn't even pray about. The Lord himself reveals his own willingness to bless you. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil. I wish people were like the Lord. I've seen some evil thoughts and people. I've heard some evil thoughts and people. But the Lord says, this is not me talking, this is what the Lord says. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know what I'm thinking about. And then Isaiah 55 and 9 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know know what God is saying? Basically, you have no idea what I've got in mind for you. You, you, you have no idea. I know what I'm thinking about. I, I know what my plans for you are. I know what I want to do to bless you, to help you, to deliver you. I know how I can fix the situation you're in right now. I know what the remedy is for the crisis you're facing right now. I, you have no idea how I can work things out in your life. God's basically saying, I'm so excited about what I'm going to do in your life. God's will is better than your will. 
God's plan. Oh, I got my hand in my pocket. Put it in there. Bad hand. God's plan is better than your plan. Yeah, you're being polite, but it's just not quite rooting in there. God's will is better than your will for your life. I, when I was pastoring, we'd sometimes have these situations where somebody comes to me and they'd be pastor. You know, maybe they got a job offer in another city or some other job offer was going to make them miss midweek Bible study or they're wanting to do this or do that. And, you know, some opportunity or, you know, move to a place was going to put them a long way from church and whatever. Some opportunity that presented itself. But with that opportunity, there comes some possible hurt or harm or diminishing of their spiritual walk and spiritual life. And so they're trying to weigh it out. Of course, they want to come to the pastor and doesn't take us very many minutes to see the obvious danger and get to talking about it and pointing it out. Well, you have to think about this and consider that. And you really think that would be healthy. And well, we're going to pray about it. And so the little time goes by where everybody's going to pray about it and see what's going to happen. And here's what I've had happen. After everybody prays about it and, you know, thinking about all the possible good uh, benefits of going this way, but then the spiritual dangers and the, maybe the setbacks that could come to the spiritual life, they kind of finally realize it's probably not a good thing to do. They come to pastor, and here's how it goes. Pastor, we've prayed about it, and we're just going to do the will of God. We, we, we're just, we're going to do the will of God, you poor soul. <laughs> Well, okay, let's just do the will of God. And we have this subtle deception that has come to us that somehow, here's what we're saying without saying it. I could be so much more blessed. I could make so much more money, but I'm just going to do the will of God. I could be so happy, but I'm just going to do the will of God. My life could be so much better than it is. But I'm going to do the will of God. Like somehow doing the will of God is some second-rate existence. Some second best in this old world. That the rest of the world is going to go on, make their decisions, let all the wonderful things happen to them. But I'm going to do the will of God and just suffer my way till He comes again. And it is a lie from the pits of hell. Because if you are ever so blessed, if you are ever so privileged, if you ever have the opportunity to find the will of God and have the courage to do the will of God, I promise you today, you will be the most fulfilled, the happiest, most joyous person to walk on planet earth. His will is always the best will. His plan is always the best plan. His way is always the best way. At the end of the day, you will be far better off doing the will of God than doing your own will. He will be better to you than you will be to yourself. He knows the long plan. He knows the long term. He can see further down the road than you can see. He knows the hidden parts of life. He sees in the darkness. Oh, that I might do the will of God and not my will. 
We need to turn that little prayer around from a sad, agonizing prayer that Jesus prayed, not my will but thine be done, into a prayer of faith and expectation and say, God, anything but my will, anything but my way. God, deliver me from my will, not my will, but thy will be done. I trust you. I trust you that your way is better than mine. I trust your plan for my life above my own plan for my life. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Can be seated. I come to the conclusion. You see, one of the problems we have is we're all trying to live on minimum requirements. We want. I gave you lots of time to shout. Now here we go. We see everything now about living for God and living holy and righteous and and living for the Lord. Is we want to know is is it heaven or hell? Is it heaven or hell? Because if it's not going to take me to hell, I want to do it. (laughs) Come on, think about what we're saying. Is it heaven or hell? I want every bit of the world I could possibly have and still be saved. What kind of an approach to living for God says, I want to do everything I could possibly do that's in the world, but still go to heaven. All I want to do is the minimum Requirement. You can't build a relationship on that. Hey Amen. I've been married. We're getting ready to be married this year for 30 years. June the 15th will be our 30th anniversary. Amen. Over 30 years, I have done lots of things I did not promise to do at the altar. It wasn't in the contract. Amen. I have wore clothes I did not like. I did not wear clothes I wanted to wear because she didn't like them. Oh, not just me. Give her this microphone. She's done lots of things she didn't want to do too. She's put up with stuff that wasn't in the contract. Amen. You can't build a relationship on the minimum requirements. I never promised that. I never said that. I never said I would do this or do that. Well, why'd you do it? Crazy little thing called love. (laughs) Don't listen to that. Crazy little thing called love. Love will cause you to go beyond the law. Love will take you beyond minimum requirements. Love says if it'll make it better. Love says if this will enhance our relationship. Love says if this will please you, doesn't matter if it's not legally required or not. If this will make it work, that's what I want to do. (laughs) Meanwhile, back to my regularly scheduled sermon. Here is a faith-inspiring verse. It's always inspired me throughout my many years of living for God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. It is telling us that we have not yet perceived, we have not yet understood, our emotions are not able to wrap themselves around it, our brain cannot wrap themselves around it, all the things that God has prepared, all the things that are part of God's destiny for us, it's telling us you have no idea, you have not, we're just seeing through a glass darkly. 
Another scripture tells us we prophesy only in part and we see only in part and we know only in part. Now, you know me, I'm about apt to prophesy at any given second, strongly leaning on the prophetic gifting and the prophetic utterances. And I often walk through altars and lay hands on people and speak prophetic words and speak in the spirit. And I'm believing God for great things. But but I've come to the revelation that we can only prophesy in part. You can never prophesy the full measure of God's plan, the full measure of what God has in mind. And all the sermons we preach, no matter how wonderful we preach them, no matter how unlofty we make them, we will always fall short of the full measure of what God has in mind. We are preaching in part. We are prophesying in part. We are praying in part. We are receiving in part. It is impossible that we could receive or understand the full measure of all that God has. We can only declare our faith to some level, but never to the full measure well let me put it maybe in a common language we have not seen it all we have not heard it all and we do not know it all and the sooner we realize that you have not seen it all you have not heard it all and you do not know it all your heart can be filled with expectation for I wonder what I've not seen yet I wonder what God's going to do that hasn't even crossed my mind I believe God's got plans for the church that have not crossed anybody's mind he's got evangelistic ideas that nobody's thought of yet there are evangelistic outreaches that has come to nobody's brainstorming session no strategic strategic team there are miracles God has yet to perform there are plans that are part of the mind of God that have not yet made it to the mouths of men I've come to tell you we've not exhausted him his arm is not short his promises are not slack we are not down to the bottom of heaven's treasure chest we have not even begun to see all that God can do in this whole world I know it's late I know the hours dark I know evil is everywhere and it looks like the devil is winning but I've come to remind you he's a mighty God he's a great and mighty God and God's got a plan for this hour God's got a revelation yet to be revealed there shall be light in the even time there's coming revelation to this last day church for our last day situation can somebody shout praise the Lord and give him some high praise when I think of the goodness of Jesus I can't think all the goodness of Jesus. Woo! Our good brother reminded us today, it was just it was just a day until something significant happened and made it a holiday, made it a unique day, made it a day to remember. Just a day until the Lord moves in that day. Until it becomes something memorial. Ephesians 3.20 says, Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I don't have time to preach about all of that, but it seems like all would have been enough all by itself. If he answers all your prayers, meets all your needs, seems like all pretty much covers everything. But he didn't just do all. He said, I'll do above all. Above all, all would have been enough. Above all is more than enough. And it's not like over in Louisiana, they have a little phrase called lanyap. means just a little more. Going through the buffet line, little lanyap means just a little more. 
But he didn't say, I'm just going to do a little more. He said, I'm going to do abundantly above all. All would have been enough. Above all is more than enough. Abundantly above all is a whole lot more than enough. And then when you think you've got all you can handle, he says, I'm going to exceed all of that. I will exceed a whole lot more than enough. I was over in Papua New Guinea with Brother Cole in 1996, and I'd been traveling with him for about six years at that time, uh, five years maybe, and it was Sunday night, Papua New Guinea, and Brother Cole, he always spoke the word of faith, uh, and he looked at me and he said, you will preach the message of faith tonight, and you will speak the word of faith. So I, I got full of faith, prayed, fasted, sought God. All day. <laughs> Got a word from the Lord. Went into that stadium that night. About 10,000 people out there. Going to speak the word of faith. And the Lord had put it in my spirit to prophesy. But you know we can only prophesy in part. But I was going to prophesy. So I walked up there that night. Began to preach. Opened up. Started preaching. So I want to prophesy tonight. The Lord has spoke to me. He's going to give us a sign. A sign that we are the people of God. A sign that He is mightily with us. There will be a sign from God in this very service tonight. Now, in my mind, I thought I was prophesying the sign of speaking with other tongues. That when all of the people begin to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, they would begin to speak with tongues. And that would be a sign because the Bible calls it a sign. And so I'm prophesying about a sign from God in my spirit, believing that that sign from God would be the sign of people speaking with other tongues. (laughs) And this is where I learned a great lesson you can only prophesy in part. God's always up to something bigger than what you're hearing, than what you're seeing, and what you're realizing. So I prophesy, and it comes time to speak the word of faith. Brother Cole slips up behind me. Got a little video of all this on my crusade site. I'm the skinny guy with the televangelist hairdo. Brother Cole's standing there behind me, and I'm standing there, and I'm speaking. And just as I spoke the word of faith, the power of God came. 3,300 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And just as they were receiving the Holy Ghost, I mean simultaneously with their hands going up to worship and shout unto the Lord, a white, puffy, glory cloud from the right side of that stadium come drifting in and drifted in and settled right upon the people. Now this was a glory cloud that everybody could see. Not just spiritual people. But everybody could see it. People everywhere in the stadium were looking up and beholding the cloud. People outside driving. We were in the city of Port Moresby, so it was in the city area in a stadium. People outside were trying to climb over the walls to get inside, come in and see, because the glory cloud had settled over the stadium. I got video and photographs of it all over the place and video of that glory cloud coming in, a visible, physical glory cloud. The guy that's working the camera, it's so funny. He's he's seeing it, and we're starting to point it out, and his hand gets to shaking, and he's, oh, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. He's getting his blessing trying to take video. So he got a little shaky for a few minutes. A visible glory cloud. I thought I was prophesying tongues. We had that. But God said, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do something beyond what you even thought, what you even imagined. Greater than your greatest faith. A visible physical. I wonder what God is going to do in this service this morning that is greater than our faith. That is bigger than my little basic sermon I've got going on here. God's up to something bigger than it. 
looks like here. He's up to something more than it looks like going on right here. You're looking to the sermon. You're listening to the song. You're wondering what about stories he could tell. But God's bigger than all of this stuff. He's bigger than your highest praise. He's bigger than your biggest hallelujah. He's grander than how glorious we could make it across this house. He could exceed all of that and so often does. I promise you, he's better than we wanted it. Somebody shout praise the Lord. You can be seated. His works are majestic. I I remember going there to that big crusade in Ethiopia for so many years. Pastor been there. Bishop's been there. And that we've heard us tell the stories of that Ethiopian crusade with a half a million people. And I went 11 times and seen hundreds of thousands of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm working on a little resume right now. And as I was working up my resume, man, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> I've seen 875,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with these nearsighted eyes. <laughs> Amen. Seen miracles and signs and wonders. One of the stories that we I've always remembered from Ethiopia, in between our crusades one year it happened and we came and they were telling us all about it. Uh, Ethiopia is given to drought quite frequently. And so they have a lot of famine situations and problems with crops and farming. And in one area where we had a lot of our believers, a lot of, a lot of uh, oneness, Holy Ghost filled believers, their crops were dying and parching and the ground was dry. And village elders got together and decided just to have a prayer meeting. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people go out to the middle of the field where the crops are wilting and the ground is parched. And they just begin to pray. And they're asking God for rain. And they're asking God that the crops would grow. And they're having situations because the food is running out and they're beginning to have hunger problems. And they go out there and they pray and they pray for a good long while. And after a little while of praying, fish started falling out of the sky. I wish y'all believed the Bible and make it so much easier to preach. You know, manna fell out of the sky. Genesis, Exodus. Bible. Fish start falling, some of them alive, some of them frozen. They're just praying for rain, and God sends dinner for weeks. How could such a thing happen? Well, you know, it's happened more than once. It's happened in Australia. It's happened in other places. Meteorologists and scientists got to hearing about the story and going back on the date and measuring. And they found out that out over the ocean there was uh, a large storm and hurricane force winds of 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. And they were lifting up big um, waves, big swells. And what they had surmised was that a wind shear would have come across the top and chopped off the top of those high waves that were, were swelling up 30 and 40 feet into the air. Chopped it off with the water in the fish, carried it up into the atmosphere, across, what is it, Somalia or the Sudan is there between Ethiopia and the coast, carried it over the Sudan and dropped it on these farmers. Now, I have no problem believing all of that, but what a unique miracle that here these people are praying. They were able to scientifically explain it. Let me explain it in spiritual terms. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. God heard those prayers. He reached down and stirred up the ocean, scooped it up, and throwed it across the atmosphere and landed it on the people praying. You hear this preacher today. If he's got a rain down man in your front yard to take care of you, he's going to take care of you. I'm telling you, God's going to 
to help his people. God's not going to forsake us. God's not going to fail us. He's going to come through for you financially. I'll just prophesy right here. God's going to take care of you financially. God's going to take care of you emotionally. God's going to take care of you spiritually. God's got bigger plans for your life. Would you quit wringing your hands and raise your hands in worship? Come on. Who would have thought God could part the Red Sea and let them walk across on dry land? Who would have imagined manna could fall from the sky and feed a multitude? Who would have ever thought water could come gushing out of a rock? Who would have thought Elijah could be caught up in a fire and a whirlwind? Who would have thought Joshua could bring down the mighty walls of Jericho with just a little faith march? Who would have ever dreamed Goliath could come crashing down by a boy with a slingshot and a stone? Who would have thought three Hebrews could come out of a fire heated seven times hotter than it had ever been? Nobody looking at Job would have thought he could come out with twice as much as he entered his trial. Come on, it looks like you're not coming out better, but I'm prophesying you'll come out on the other side better than you went in. You're coming out of your trial better than you went into your trial. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, that's just the way it always works. No one would have thought Jonah could come out of a fish's belly. Nobody thought on that bloody Friday, I'm almost done. Nobody thought on that bloody Friday when Jesus was hanging on a cross. It was beyond their wildest dreams that in just a few days he'd be out of the grave. They'd be on the mountain of ascension. He'd be saying, go tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. When they were taking that lifeless body from the cross, all their dreams were shattered and broken. But they didn't count on resurrection. Devil never never factored in resurrection power. Can I tell you, resurrection power is the power to get up. It's the power to come back. I'm preaching a comeback story for somebody in this house today. You're a comeback story in the making. You remember the theology of a bounce? Amen. The harder you fall, the higher your bounce. You're coming out of there better than you went in. When I think of the goodness of Jesus... I'm sure the Apostle Peter did not know he could walk on water until he did. I would think the Apostle Paul never imagined he would be called up to the third heaven until he was. And you're not expecting the miracle that's getting ready to happen to you. Give the Lord a great hand, praise. Come on, praise him. Because you have no idea what he could do. Praise Him, because who knows what could happen in 2015. Praise Him, because He's bigger than your wildest dreams. Praise Him, because He's greater than your greatest faith. Praise Him, because He's better than the best sermon you've ever heard. He's deeper than the best prayer meeting you've ever been in. Y'all could come and get ready. I do need just a few more minutes. I've come to prophesy into 2015. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, it's always better than I thought it would be. It's always better than I wanted it. God's got a miracle for you. 
and it's better than you want it to be. He's going to do something better than what you're asking for. I'm so glad he hadn't answered all my prayers because some of my prayers felt far short of what God had in mind. The best miracle God could give some of us is not to answer our little weak faith prayers and wait until he gets a moment. This is what I had in mind. This is what I really want to do. You can think I've made too many mistakes, too many sins, too many failures, too much problems. There's a new you waiting to be born again. There's a better you waiting to be born again. Well, I've already been born again. Good. Then you know how it works. You can be born again, again. God wants to take your ministry to higher heights than your biggest dream. When I started out as a young evangelist like these two young men that I'm privileged to father, they love the Lord, they love his word, they're seeking God. I had big dreams of preaching meetings and doing things, but this side of it this many years later, I had no idea. I had no clue what God was going to let us say. I had no idea the great men God would allow me to come in contact with and get to know. I had listened to Billy Cole's intercessory prayer tapes. He was a hero to me. I never dreamed in a million years that he would become a spiritual father in my life. I never dreamed that we would become friends as we did. In the last five years when he was not traveling, I was calling him every day, calling him two and three and four times a week, talking sometimes twice in a night. I'd call him, we'd talk a while, 30 minutes later, call him back. What are you doing just waiting for you to call me? <laughs> Spend hours talking to the great... I never dreamed God would give me access and open doors. Let me preach in great churches like this church here today. I have no heritage. I don't come from a long line of Pentecostals. I had nothing to offer. I came out of the world. I came with all of sin hanging all over me. I've still got hang-ups. Amen. I have no business being where I am except for the grace of God, except for the goodness of the Lord. I couldn't do anything. My life is a mess. And every time I put my hands on it, I mess it up again. I'm just praying, God, help me. Don't mess. Most of my prayers these days, when God starts to open something up, I say, God, help me not to mess it up. Help me not to mess it up. I have no more confidence in me, but I've got so much confidence in Him. Will you please get your mind off your failures and off your faults and off your problems? If all of us were honest, we're all there together. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. I'm prophesying a greater revival. I'm prophesying a greater harvest. I'm prophesying a greater miracle. I'm here to say God can bless this church under your ministry, Pastor Varnum, greater than it's ever been blessed in all these many years with the great bishop, your wonderful father. It's been glorious, but I've come to tell you there's more on the way. God can restore you. He can help you. He can heal your body. He can give you peace of mind. He can save your family. He can fix your finances. He can open doors to your future. He can reactivate your faith. He can refire your ministry. He can open doors that look closed. He can make a way where there is no way. He can make streams in the desert and bring a watery fountain out of a dry ground. Just get your mind on the magnificence of the mighty God and you'll realize anything and everything is possible.
He always saves the best wine till the end. Just when you think you've tasted the best there is, something better comes along. The latter rain is always greater than the former. The second coming will be greater than the first coming. Wherever you are in life, whatever season you're in, there's a better season coming. And I'm here to prophesy the next season of your life can be and should be the greatest season of your life. I've preached this message backwards, so let me close with a good Bible text and story. It's the prodigal son. He had left home. He had wasted all. You know his story. You can pick it up in Luke 15, 16. The Bible says he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave to him. And when he came to himself, he said to himself, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare? And here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father. He gets his plan together. I will rise and go to my father's house and I will say to him, I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned before you. And I am no more worthy to be called your son. But if you'll just make me as one of the hired servants, that's all I'm asking for. At least I'll have food to eat. At least I'll have a warm place to sleep. At least I won't be out here in this cold perishing. I'm not asking for much. All I want is just delivered. Stand with me across the house. See, he arose with his plan, came to his father. (laughs) But when he was yet a great way off, He hadn't even made it home. He was still a long way from where he needed to be. He still was stinking. He is still empty. He had still squandered everything. And he hadn't even had a chance to repent yet. While he was yet a great way off, the father saw him (laughs) and ran to him and had compassion on him and fell on him and kissed him. Finally, the son gets his plan out. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned in your sight. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just let me be a servant. I just need something to eat and a place to sleep. That's all I'm asking for. And the father never responds to the request. I told you the best thing God does for some of us is not answer our prayers. The father does not respond to his requests, Roland. He looks and says, go bring me a robe and put on this boy. Get me the family ring to put on his finger. Go get me some shoes to put on this boy's feet. Go kill that fatted calf. We're going to have a party because this my son was dead. 
but now he is alive. The boy said, all I want to be is a servant. All I'm looking for is a little corner to sleep somewhere. But the father said, no, I'm going to give you more than you're asking for. I'm going to do better than you expected because that's just the way he is. said, I'm going to make you my son. I'm going to put my robe on you and I'm going to put shoes on you and I'm going to restore you and I'm going to give you the dignity of being my son. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but if you've been a prodigal, if you've been a prodigal, and I might pause to remind you, you don't have to stop coming to church to be lost. You can be lost in the house. And if you have wandered and squandered, and now there you are, and you found yourself saying, Lord, if you could just help me a little bit. I've come to prophesy to you today, and if you did leave church and you've been away from God, and you are a genuine prodigal, I'm telling you, it'll be better than you're expecting it to be. Come on home. God's going to treat you better than you thought he was. Come on home. And I'll speak for this church. We're going to treat you better than you thought you were going to be treated. Come on home. Amen. We're going to treat you better than you're asking to be treated. We're going to love you. We're going to hug your neck. We're going to shake your hand. We're going to find you a seat. We're going to say, welcome back to the Father's house. Amen. We're not going to put you and relegate you to some corner somewhere. It's going to be better than you're expecting. Because when you think of the goodness of Jesus, it's always better than you wanted it. I'm opening up these aisles right here. I'm opening up this altar place up here. How about somebody to come down here and say, Hey, Lord, as I enter this new year, I feel like that prodigal. I feel like that wayward one. I feel like I've squandered faith and I've squandered my walk with you. But, Lord, I'm coming to realize you're bigger and better and grander and more glorious than my biggest prayer, than my greatest faith, than my best sermon, than my best song. You're beyond anything we could sing. You're beyond anything we could pray. You cannot receive the full measure of God's blessing in this prayer, but you can get things started right here. You can get something started right here. Go ahead and get something started. I receive it. I'm amazed, so amazed when I see it. I am speechless. Lord Jesus, I pray. You take my breath away. Enlarge our faith right now. And Lord, let it be a revelation, not just of your power, but a revelation of your love. Let it be a revelation of your great love. Let it be a revelation of how much you truly love us. That you are willing to forgive. You are willing to help. You are willing to restore and to renew. God, I pray. Breathe again on cold hearts. Breathe again on lives and hearts that are lacking here today. This is your first Sunday of 2015. This is your first steps into your new season. I think he's seeing you afar off. You're so far from what he has in mind for you. You're so far away from God's plan and destiny for you. But he sees you there afar off. And he's coming running. 
God, visit your church this year. Visit ministries. Come among the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Breathe upon us a revelation of your great love. Somebody's nearby you praying, trying to press through. Slip a comforting hand over there and pray a prayer of ministry. Let the gifts of the Spirit flow and operate in this season of prayer we've entered into here this morning. That's right. The Lord can do more than you've even been expecting. His great love that he loves you with is far beyond your wildest dreams. Just like the prodigal, he'll do more than you're asking for. He'll help you more than you're expecting. Let her heart be filled with your spirit today, O Lord. The mighty love of God come flowing out like a fountain of living water. Bringing up into everlasting life. Oh, that's it. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the power of His Spirit. There is no limits on you. There are no restrictions on you. He on the Son is set free is free indeed. I release you. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in the mighty name of the Lord. I release you. When I think of his goodness, when I realize the great love that he has, he will always amaze you. Don't be afraid to believe. Don't be afraid to believe. Don't be afraid to express your faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You will not be disappointed. Not in the long run. Not in the long term. His will is the best will. His plan is the best plan. Oh, mighty God, visit her life today. Things around. Let the winds of renewal come flowing into this life. Change the direction of the wind, O Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy a turnaround into your life. I prophesy a turnaround into your life. What's been getting less will get more. What's been getting worse will get better. In the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 